Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Anybody got a heavy decision to make this week, this month, this year? I do. And I thought we need to talk about it because I got some heavy decisions to make. And you know, most people come to me and want help to make some sort of a decision. And, and some of these are easy, right? I mean, there's right and there's wrong and then there's preferences. Am I the only one that thinks this way? Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm big about praying on everything. This is what we're supposed to do. But some of it is so simple that if it's right, all you got to do is pray and thank him for giving you the wisdom for it. And if it's just wrong, you can say thank you for protecting me from this. Because these right and wrong things are so simple to make a decision. Or are they? Because what's right for somebody else is wrong for somebody else. There's this gray area in between. And people's lines move. You know, I always talk about crossing the line. Well, some people, it's clear over here. And some people, it's clear over there. And I want to try to help you make a decision. And I'm going to show you how I do it. And try to give you a little biblical background. I'm not the best. I've made a whole bunch of bad decisions. I mean, just look at me. I I probably shouldn't have ate all those treats this morning. That was a bad decision. And, you know, you're supposed to seek counsel and all this stuff. I didn't want to because they would have said no. Right? I'm not big on seeking counsel when I know the answer is going to be no. Because the desires of our heart actually win over. Last week we talked about going to your quiet place. And I wanted you to go over there and actually spend some time and walk around and have some time to yourself. And to think about what Jesus had been praying for when he went to the garden. And in this garden, he says, you know, I would like this to happen or not happen, but if it's your will, then I'll do it. And an angel appears and gives him strength. And I wanted you to prepare yourself for whatever was ahead of you this week, this month, this day, whatever it is, because, you know, not everything good is going to happen. If you came to Christianity because you thought everything was going to be good and easy, you're wrong. Because he tells us there's going to be trouble. So what you do is you prepare, you find your quiet time, quiet space, whatever it is. I actually called it an altar at one point. This is where you meet God and talk to him and prepare for what's going to happen. And he might be working so far up river that you don't even know what's going to happen, but we need to prepare for it. How are we going to make these tough decisions? Um, How do we do it? Where do we do it? When do we do it? Sometimes we don't have time to do all these things. And some of this stuff can be really, really easy. Uh, And let's take... Um, a biblical stance here of literal and figurative. This is, this is huge because if we dive into the Bible to help us make decisions, some of the things are so easy in their commands. This is just a, a yes, right? And some of the commands are just a no. Those are very easy decisions to make. And they are literal. And I'll give you one. Um, do not steal. That is literal. So if you're thinking about stealing something, the answer is no. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, But where he says, um, if your right hand sins, you know, cut it off. That's not literal. Don't be doing that. So you have to have a little understanding, right? He says, you know, if your right eye does something, gouge out the other one. Don't be gouging out your eyes and tell him the pastor said you should do that. That's not what that is. So some things are literal and some things are just a principle. The Bible is full of principles, and it is full of literal commands that we need to pay attention to and can make decision-making very easy unless you don't want 
that kind of answer. And this is where we get in trouble. We don't really want to ask God because the answer is going to be no. And you want to do it anyway. I think we don't want to ask another fellow believer. We don't want to ask God because we want to do it so bad and we know what they're going to say. So we don't ask. We don't tell anybody. Now, I'm famous for, I don't know if I'm famous for this, famous for a lot of things. If, if it's something that I cannot tell my wife, it's probably not right. How, how much simpler can that be? If you can't tell your spouse, now there's, there's times when they, it would maybe even hurt them if they knew or something. I'm not saying that. But if you can't share or discuss something with your spouse or a close friend or a grandma and grandpa, it's probably wrong. You're hiding something. Secrets are usually not right. And the answer is no. So if you're about to do something, but you don't want to tell anybody, you don't want anybody to find out, you better think about it good and hard. Because that's surely a no answer. Because it's some sort of a secret. You're hiding something. And there's this peace that comes over us when we know that we have done the right thing. And I'm just like you guys. I've made these decisions. Think, boy, I hope I did the right thing. And God, I'm not hearing from you. So I'm going to go ahead and pick one. And you stop me if it's not right. Sometimes we have to make quick decisions. But when it is so right, right is right and wrong is wrong. You have this peace about you that we don't need to worry about whether we made the right decision. Do not steal. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to worry about it because I didn't do it. We don't even need to discuss that. You've done something wrong with your right hand. It says to chop off your left hand. That is a principle. It's figurative. And now you're at a point where you don't really want to do that, right? This, this is going to hurt. Now I'm talking figurative. Don't go home and tell your neighbors that something's wrong if you don't have that kind of peace. Now, uh, I better see if there's any little kids in here before I say this. I think we're good. How old are you? No, I'm just kidding, yeah. <laughs> there's not groups of people around anti-unicorn people, right? We don't need a group to be anti-unicorn. Why? There's not unicorns. We all know that. There's no group. Why isn't there a group for anti-unicorn people? Because everybody knows there's no unicorn. But there are groups for anti-God because they know there's a God. We don't need to fret over about um, what happens if a unicorn runs into the side of my house tonight while I'm sleeping. I'm going to make a decision here that God's not going to allow that to happen, and I can have total peace. Right? We do not need to think about that. So when you make the right decision, and you know it's right, you have this peace about you where we don't need to discuss it with a whole bunch of people because we know that it's right. When you don't do something because you know it's wrong, there's no need for all this discussion with people because it's just plain wrong. And you can have peace knowing, I didn't do that because it's wrong. Don't we all want that kind of peace? This is really what people want. You know, we we pray for money and and all this stuff, and we want boats and cars and, and all this stuff. But what we really want is peace. And from that, what we really want is contentment. 
Because if you have little and you're fine with it, you have peace. If you have a lot and you're fine with it, you have peace. If you're fine with whatever you have, you have peace. So when you make a right decision, you have peace. When you make a wrong decision, it is hard to live with. And I can't be the only person that's done this. There are things that I do not want to talk about that I've done in my past that I will just turn and walk away from you because I don't need to think about that anymore. It was wrong. I know it was wrong. I've learned my lesson, and I don't want to discuss it. But the right decisions that we've made, I'm not going to argue with anybody about because I know they're right. I know my heart is in a good place with it, and I don't need to be convinced any other way. It's right, and I have peace with that. Don't we want this peace? And the peace comes when you start making good decisions. The gray area is where we get in trouble. Um, How do I know whether what I think is right and somebody else says is wrong, and, and they're a Christian too, how can the same Holy Spirit be guiding us in two separate ways? The same Holy Spirit wouldn't tell you it's right and tell you it's wrong unless he had a place he needed you to get to, unless he had to work through you. The person that did it right, and they know that the Holy Spirit guided them, they're going to be in a place where they can minister or teach or whatever. I haven't got to you guys yet. You guys are the good people over here. (laughs) Now, I've chosen this bunch of people right here to be the gray area. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I was with one of you this weekend. That was real gray. This gray area is where we struggle with having peace. We've made choices that we weren't sure were right. We've made choices we weren't sure were, were, were the, the th- best thing to do for our children or our parents or whatever it is. And I'm getting pulled back and forth between different people. And a lot of people find themselves. This, this is the hard decision right here especially if there's going to be some sort of pain involved, especially if there's going to be emotions involved. I don't have a whole bunch of emotions when I do something right and I know it's right. I don't have to get emotional about that. Um, When I'm not supposed to do something because it's just plain wrong, so I've chose not to do it, I don't have an issue with that. But this, this gray area where I have to make a decision for somebody else This is tough. And how do we know what's going to happen? How do we know whether it's the right thing to to do or not? And, And people are telling me it's wrong, and maybe they're right. They're good, godly people. And then these other people are telling me that, oh, that's the right thing to do, and they're good, godly people. How do I know what to do? I'm going to try to help you with this. And some of it is just plain simple. Uh, in fact, I actually have a slide for each one of these. You ever been to a church where they take notes? We don't do that here. But anyway, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have some uh, flashback. You know what? A, oh, never mind. Went down that road, didn't I? Yeah, you, you know, don't it? We'll edit that part out. Um, first, what you've got to do is get your facts straight. And this is, this is huge because deception is so bad in our world. And everybody's split. And if one person's telling you one thing and one person's telling you another, you better have your acts, your facts straight. You need truths. And we're going to find these in Ephesians 5, 6. 
Let no one deceive you with empty words. Get your facts straight because people want to deceive you, especially if they've made the wrong decision and they want to pull you with them. This is huge. When we've done something that's wrong, if we can get somebody to come with us, then we have backup. This person right here said it was okay to do. It's not my fault anymore because I got somebody that said it was okay. Do not be deceived. Okay, once you got your facts straight, we're going to pray. This is one of the first things we do. First uh, Ephesians, I'm sorry, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. I just want to stop there for a minute. This isn't literal. I mean, if you didn't eat, you'd die, right? You're not going to just sit there and pray and pray and pray. This means to keep the topic on your mind all the time, as much as you can. When your mind is idle, you think about topics that are godly and good. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You need to pray about it. And what you're going to do is, you're actually going to ask. You need to talk to God and say, I've got a decision to make, and sometimes this is quick. Sometimes you don't have a lot of time to think about this. This is when you say, God, I'm going to make a choice here, and you stop me if it's wrong. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. But a lot of times a decision is something that you can sit back and think about and actually do some biblical work to find out if it's God's will. God's will is for you to pray about things. Um, Wisdom is part of this prayer. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. If you've accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, and you're living the best that you can, You have this kind of wisdom. Wisdom is actually part of the Holy Spirit. And you'll find that in Proverbs 8 and in James 3. They kind of run parallel, Old Testament, New Testament. They talk about wisdom. Wisdom is part of the Holy Spirit. It's been around forever. He started creation with it, and you can have it too. So when you say, God, I I need to know what to do about this, but I'm not getting a clear answer for you, so i got to do it. And then I want you to stop me. This is where your wisdom comes in. You've got it. Sometimes we need to use it. But we don't want to because then we don't get what we want. What if the wisdom is, you know you shouldn't be doing that. You know that's wrong. I'm not going to pray about this. And I'm not going to use my wisdom because I want it. The desires of the heart are going to win over. You're not going to talk to anybody about it. And you're going to do exactly what you want. That's what happens to most people right there. They don't want to do it because the answer might be no. We need to seek into God's word. We need to seek the, the scripture. We need to, to find where it says these, either these commandments or, or uh, principles. You can find just about everything. You do realize that this is a manual for life. Somebody says kids don't come with a manual. Yes, they do. You're just not reading it. This is where you're going to find just about everything. Either a direct answer, or you're going to find a principle that will parallel with what you're going through. Psalm 119.105 Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That word is going to give you a direction to go. So now you've stopped and made sure that you got all your facts straight. Then you've asked God what to do. 
if he doesn't answer you, you're going to use the wisdom that he gave you. And then you're going to seek scripture. Does anybody really do this? I, I think we probably do a little bit more than we think, but we go through it so fast because we want to do what we want to do. We don't really want to find the scripture that says, don't do that, or you know it was wrong and wouldn't have any peace. The fourth thing you need to do is seek godly counsel. This is huge. Now, first of all, when you seek godly counsel, let's take a look at Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. This is us. We are counsel to one another. What we don't want to do is ask somebody because they'll probably tell us not to do it. Or you're going to get all these answers that are all over the place. And why would this person tell me to do it and this person wouldn't tell me to do it? It's because they're going to minister in one place, the other person's going to minister in another place. It's probably a gray area because otherwise right is right and wrong is wrong. It's just that simple. So now we're in this preference area. What to do? When you seek out counsel, how many people are you going to go to? I I personally have done this before. I've asked, uh, I'll just use you, okay? I've asked Ada, and she says, well, this is what you should do. And then I talked to Leah, and and, and she says, this is what you should do. And then I talked to Pat. See, I'm going down the road, right? I talked to Pat, and she said, this is what you should do. And and then I talked to Wade, and he said, this is what you should do. But when I got to Sarah, she said, yeah, I think what you're going to do is fine. I love you. (laughs) I should have switched those around. Wade, I love you. I don't, oh, never mind. See, I should think before I speak, right? Uh, what's, the, what's this acronym for think? Uh, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? That wasn't necessary. But anyway. <laughs> you understand, if you just keep asking until you find the right person, and you say, that's a godly person. They must know. They're more godly than the other people because they got the answer you want. We're starting to gauge now who's godlier than one another because you're seeking an answer from counsel instead of taking counsel. Why didn't I stop at just Ada? Because she didn't give me the answer I wanted. Why didn't I stop at Leah? Because she didn't give me the answer I wanted. You just kept going and going and going until you found the person that said it was just fine, so now you can blame them if something goes wrong. That's what we do. People come to the pastor... Now, all of you guys are good, right? I always say this. It's a disclaimer. This is none of you people. They'll come to a pastor, and they'll ask this real deep question what they should do with a relationship or their children or something like that. And that evening, I'll see them downtown doing just the opposite of what I told them. They didn't want my answer. Or maybe they thought I was wrong. Don't we do this to people? You keep asking until you find the answer you want so you can do what you want. Right is right and wrong is wrong. In this gray area, if it's something that you need to do so bad that you will find all these people, it's probably wrong. You know, does anybody do statistics here? Does anybody do a ratio? One-tenth doesn't set a trend at all. That's one person out of ten told you something. That's a poor fraction, a very poor fraction. 50-50. Now we're getting to where maybe we better seek some more. What if they all said the same thing, but you didn't get the answer you wanted, and you did it anyway? 
That's bad. That is just plain bad. Why did you even bother seeking counsel from anybody? You come to somebody and say, you know, I'm having trouble with this, and they see you that evening doing exactly what they talked to you about. Am I the only one that happens to? You don't think so, because we all have children, right? Abby came... I better not do that. Chelsea, can I use Chelsea? She's not here, right? Chelsea came to me so many times, wanting this one time... (laughs) I better leave that alone. Dad's answer was no. And she went to mom. You know how you, you go back and forth, right? And she went to grandma. All the answers were no. Until she finally found one. One of her friends that was at the same level she was at. Right? Don't we do that? You're a school teacher. Yeah, you can get a whole bunch of them that think just like you if you want. That doesn't mean it's right to do. This is the kind of peace that you want. This is, this is the kind of decision-making that you can know with such fact that you can just sit back and trust the Lord. When you make that kind of a decision, if right is right and wrong is wrong, and you've made a decision, you don't need to argue with anybody about it. You don't need to debate with anybody about it because you've just made a decision. You've talked to God. You've talked to other people. You've prayed about it. You've sought scripture out for it. Everything points to this decision. I'm going to make the decision, and then you're going to say, God, I expect you to make it happen. I trust you. Let's take a look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You all know this one, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Right? Right is right, and wrong is wrong, and you know it in your heart, and God can be trusted with it. You've talked to him about it. This is the answer. I found it plain as day. You've made the decision. You're going to trust him. It's going to happen. And you can have peace with it. Because if somebody asks you what you're going to do with the unicorns that come tonight, you can say, I'm not going to worry about it, and I'm going to trust God with it. Because why? You know. You just simply know. These are not hard things to do. When you're done, when you've done all these things and you've tried to find the answer and you're going to go ahead and you're going to make the decision and you're going to trust that the Lord is going to make it uh, successful, prosper in the Bible is actually mean to succeed. It doesn't mean money. It means that your plans will succeed, whatever it is. When you prosper for something, you have this kind of peace that comes over you. This is what you need to do. You need to praise the Lord for giving you the right answer. You need to praise the Lord that he actually gave you the wisdom to make this right answer. You need to thank him for scripture. You need to thank him for his son. You need to thank him for the Holy Spirit because you know the answer and you made the right decision. We don't need to talk about it anymore. So many people are making a decision and then they're arguing with everybody about it. This is what we're going to do. And somebody says one thing. And they lay into them. I don't care whether it's social media or downtown at the restaurant or wherever it is. You have to, like, prove yourself. No, you don't. You know the answer is right, and you have peace with it. And can you just let it go? Okay, they're going to make a bad decision. I'm sorry. They didn't ask you for counsel. Let it go. You know you've made the right decision. Sometimes the best decision is to keep your mouth shut. 
That would solve 90% of all of our problems. People come to me and they sit in my... I'm going to rant here for a minute. People come with me, none of you guys. People come to me and sit down and they just rant and they rant and they rant and they rant and they go back and forth and I'm just sitting there, you know, I don't take sides or anything, right? I'm just here for spiritual counsel and this and this and this and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm saying, just keep your mouth shut. It's as simple, I could have texted you that. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut. I don't get paid by the hour. <laughs> like you guys think I get paid, right? <laughs> Sometimes the best answer is to keep your mouth shut. Make the call, make the decision, ask God, go through all those things, make the decision, and shut up because you'll have peace knowing that you've made the right decision. If you have to go around and prove to everybody that you've made the right decision, you might want to rethink your decision. Because if you're looking for that one-tenth to take your side that says it's okay, the ratio is way off. We used to say you have to have three to create a trend. You would have to find 30 people to ask to find three on a one-tenth ratio. Is my math right? You're a teacher. Yeah. All right. I'll probably get hate mail about that. And you know what my response will be? I will keep my mouth shut. Maybe. Depends if it's Abby or not. Well, the worship team get ready. Have to have a little fun, right? I throw Abby under the bus most of the time. Are you good with it, Abby? Yeah, there you go. I made the decision to do that today. But I'm getting a feeling it was wrong, so I'll just keep my mouth shut. Anybody in here never made a wrong decision? I got a microphone. You can come up here and tell us how to do it. But I have figured out that if I take some time and really seek out some unbiased counsel, God will speak through them to me. Worship music will speak to me. My wife. (laughs) Poor decision right there. Poor decision. My wife will tell me what to do. And, you know, usually I'm good with it. But if I'm not, I just keep my mouth shut and make my own decision. (laughs) <laughs> the lesson for the day is keep your mouth shut. You can, go, you can tell everybody that. You went to church and the whole point of the service was keep my mouth shut. That's pretty biblical. It says be quick to listen and slow to speak. i tell you why you need to do all these things. Um, last week when we talked about Jesus going to the garden, he had a decision to make. And he knew the right answer. He didn't want to. He actually says, if you take this cup from me, or is there another way? I'm going, to, I'm going to paraphrase it. Is there another way to do this? The answer was no. Okay, then I'll do it your way. Simple. Just that simple. But what he did was, he asked God about it. He made sure he had all the facts. And he was actually fulfilling scripture, so he knew what scripture said about it. He had counsel of 12 apostles that he tried to tell what was going to happen. And they were the ones that said, no way, not going to, not going to let that happen. And he knew what the right answer was, even though he sought counsel from his friends. And he made the right decision for you. It's tough sometimes. And sometimes it's painful. 
But right is right and wrong is wrong. If you've got a tough decision to make, you can approach it the same way Jesus did. This is your Lord, your Savior, the one you're supposed to imitate. And he tells us to do all these things. And he shows us right when he's starting to go into agony, he prays to the Father. He talks to the Father. He asks the Father, is there another way? What can we do? But whatever you decide, I'm okay with it. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. And his commandments are always right. And we won't do them. We say no. He did it for you so that you could have eternal life. Can't you take a little bit of time and just think about it? Here's a huge thing that a lot of people don't think about. At the end of just about every prayer or meeting we have or whatever, we say, Amen. Does anybody really know what Amen means? Some of you probably do. First, in the Hebrew, it meant, so be it. This was a trust. This was, I asked, I, I talked to you about it, it's over. So be it. Amen. You ever heard somebody say Amen twice? Amen and Amen. They're actually going down both routes here. Because the other one means in total agreement, absolute agreement. If we pray together and I say, and everybody said, and you say, that means we're all in agreement. Will you today start looking at scripture more often when you make decisions? Amen? Amen. Anybody that said amen has an overwhelming part of your decision. The people that didn't, is that small part that you should not seek out for very long because the ratio is wrong. You want the blessing, you pray about it, you ask him about it, and you say, amen. It means so be it, and we're all in agreement together. That's what you want. That's where your answer is going to be. That's going to be the, the decision that you're going to make right there. And when you say amen, you're saying, God, agree with me on this. And you know in your heart whether it's good or whether it's bad. And you can have peace with the ones that you know are absolutely right. Just take a minute and ask God to help you along and say, Amen. So be it. We're all in agreement with it. And then just trust Him that we'll do it. Some decisions are really easy. Go make those. Some decisions are in this gray area where sometimes I think God says, it doesn't matter, just so it's godly. Do it in a godly way. You know, this gray area, if it's not completely wrong, we know that when things are wrong. So in this gray area that you're asking and you don't know which direction and stuff to go, maybe it's okay just to act on it. Because if it was wrong, you'd know it and he'd stop you. So sometimes you just got to make the call. And here we go again. Vanilla or chocolate? Amen? We didn't agree on anything. Because it doesn't matter. It's all good. Well, it is to me. If I was God and somebody said, should I pick chocolate or vanilla? Dude, just pick one. They're all good. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I'm a vanilla guy. This gray area still... You know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, it's probably okay just to pick something. It's probably going to be just fine. Because if the answer was no, you'd know it. We know what to do 
when to do it, how to do it. It's just a matter of whether we obey him or not, whether we talk to him about it, whether we praise him for giving you the wisdom to make this kind of call. But what we fail at is the patience. Sometimes you're not going to know the answer for a long, long time. This is where you have to just trust God and have this peace come over you that you made the call, you're sure that it's right, and I'm just waiting to see what happens. And maybe in the next year it'll look wrong and the year after that and all of a sudden something will happen and you're praising God. Amen to that? Now we can agree on something. Leave this place and make the easy calls right away. No problem. Right is right, wrong is wrong. If you're in this gray area, probably just need to pick one because if it was wrong, it'd be clear over to where you would know not to do it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having the Holy Spirit guide us along, push us along, pull us along. God, sometimes we just need a collar around our neck to be pulled in the right way. God, we trust you that you will set our paths straight when we include you always and praise you for helping us make that decision and just sit back and watch your glory come to be. It's in Jesus' beautiful name we all come together and say, Amen.